0: Welcome to High Performance Mindset with Dr. Sindra Kampoff. Do you want to reach your full potential, live a life of passion, go after your dreams? Each week, we bring you strategies and interviews to help you ignite your mindset. Let's bring on Sindra. Welcome to the High Performance Mindset podcast. This is your host, Sindra Kampoff. And today, I am so delighted to provide an interview with Eleni Kalakos, Now, if you aren't sitting down and have a piece of paper and pen in front of you, I think that you might want to get one out because Eleni provides so many incredible gems of information related to the high-performance mindset. I think you're going to want to take some really good notes. Now, Eleni is a presence and presentation expert. She's a coach, a trainer, and motivational speaker, and she's the chief transformational officer of the Eleni group. She uses performance techniques that she's learned over 20 years being a professional actress. And she's also an award-winning national touring singer and songwriter. So what she does with the Elaney group is she helps speakers and business leaders stop playing small and instead play big so they can really present with more authenticity, confidence, and more impact. I think you're gonna get a lot out of this interview with Elaney because really the principles she talks about helps us play bigger in our life. She talks really about what that means to play big. And then my favorite part of this whole interview, is she talks about five principles. Know thyself, be thyself, prepare thyself, commit thyself, and turn thyself on. Wow, incredible. So throughout this interview, she talks about what that means. She defines what playing big really is all about. And at the end of the interview, you can learn more about how to connect with Elaney and how you can get more information about her five principles. So let's not wait any further. Let's bring on Elaney Kalakos. Elaney, I am so excited that you're here with us today.
1: Oh, me too. I'm thrilled.
0: So Elaney, could you start and just tell us a little bit about um, your passion and what you do?
1: Well, I am passionate about helping people be who they are without apology, no matter what's happening and no matter who's watching. And that means not simply on the speaking platform, because I consider myself a presence and presentation expert, not just on the speaking platform, but on this great platform that is our life. You know, it's about being present in the world, fully loaded, overflowing with who you are and all your yumminess
0: that's awesome elaine you know um i think that you and i we have a lot of similar uh thoughts in terms of how people really perform at their best and they do it when when they're really themselves so when you when you're working with people in terms of as a presentation coach or as a motivational speaker you know how do you help people really show up as themselves cuz i think so many times people are uh, really in their own head thinking about what other people are thinking about them. No, so it's
1: so true. It's all about them being in their heads. And really the very first thing that I have to do with them is introduce them to their little naysayers. I, I call them Mo and Schmo, um, those little guys that sit on your shoulder, you know, and, and whip out those really nasty uh, negative beliefs that hold you back. So there's no going forward, in my opinion, there's no, um, you can't, you can't go to that, that marvelous, yummy place without making friends with the beliefs that you have that hold you back and then transforming them, finding another way, finding a way to disengage with them. So really, that's where we go
0: first. And how do you teach people how to disengage with mo and schmo? Well,
1: that's a, that's a wonderful question. So uh, I call those beliefs, by the way, the lies that bind you. And the first thing that, that they have to do is actually get them out of their head. You know, once you drag something into the light of the day, it just doesn't have the fangs that it, that it, you know, shame, shame in the sunlight is not shame in a dark corner. It's just it really you take a look at it and go, oh. That's not so bad, is it? Just the mere act of having them identify these little phrases. I literally have them make a list of the lies that bind them, as if Mo and Schmo are talking. And they make this list, and then we stare at it. We look at it. We rate each one of those phrases from one to five and we to figure out what's, you know, is it, a, is it one that really makes them highly, highly anxious or eh, maybe not so bad? And then once we've done that, once we have an idea of what they are, we talk about them a great deal. We we, we just kind of ruminate around them. And the more we ruminate and discuss them, the more those beliefs become something that is outside of them rather than inside their head. We, We begin to put space between them and the belief. Then I have them transform the beliefs into what I call power phrases which are really uh, affirmations, if you will, just useful, uh, more empowering statements that go to the core of the issue. And every one of these steps, and I have a whole series of steps that I put people through, is a way of them disengaging, just pulling away, right, so that there's space to breathe and be. Because as I always say, when when you marry yourself to those beliefs is when you get in trouble. The beliefs, the fears, the limitations, they're only – um, limitations, if you will, if you wrap yourself around them and let them trip you up.
0: Absolutely. And, Eleni, you can use this in so many areas of your life. You know, when you think about um, public speaking and what you help people do, what's, their, what's the number one fear? Why do you think people are so afraid of public speaking? Oh,
1: they just do not want to look bad. People are so afraid that they're going to get up there and say something wrong or, or you know, appear as if they are not uh, as intelligent as they might hope or as perfect as they want to be in some way, shape, or form. We are so afraid that we're going to be cast out of the tribe is the way that I put it. I really think it goes back to tribal days when our well-being, our well-being was dependent on being accepted by the group as a whole. We were protected by the larger tribe. And when you get up in front of a group, suddenly it's you. them, you know, the group looking at you, and so there's that terrible feeling that you're not a part of it, and oh my gosh, what if they don't like me? What if they don't approve of me? What if I'm not good enough? And when it comes down to it, what if I'm not good enough? is to me at the root of everything.
0: You know, you've had a lot of success, um, you know, as I read your your bio at the beginning of this interview, as president of the um, National Speakers Association in Michigan, so you've got to see a lot of really good motivational speakers, what do you think are the differences between those that are, you know, just so-so versus those that really shine and, you know, really co- connect with the audience?
1: Oh, I, I, to me, it's all about being willing to be genuinely present and authentic up there, speaking from your heart. That To me, the best speakers and the best motivational speakers are the great storytellers The ones who are able to take their stories and find a way to turn it around so that their audience can feel themselves in the story. But really, most of all, they're just really willing to show up. You know, they're really willing to to let people in. And and I also have to say they're also and this is something I've had to learn as a speaker, as a motivational speaker, because I came out of a performer's world. I came out of, a you know, as a professional actress and singer and songwriter I had to learn to think like a speaker. And to think like a speaker, I had to think, what about the audience? What do they need? And I had to turn things around and have it be about them. So for example, I'll tell a story, I'll make the point of the story, and then I will do everything in my power to turn it around and help that audience feel and see themselves within what I just mentioned. So that they they can have a moment with it where they go, oh, I know what that is. Then we have this bonding that happens. And then I can maybe teach them a few things to help them overcome the obstacles that they're dealing with, right? But they have to have that that moment first of, oh, I get it. I know what that is. And the greatest, Absolutely. the greatest speakers, in my opinion, are able to do that by revealing themselves.
0: So revealing yourself, showing up, letting people in. I think to do that, you have to play big and not play small. Yes. Yeah. So what are, you know, what's one or two things that you've done that really has set you apart and allowed you to be successful at what you do? Uh,
1: the first thing was the choice to not play small. I I, I really have to say, because I, and then, you know, you, you, uh, you and I have, uh, have, have have talked briefly about the notion of playing small as and something we both really are out in the world wanting so much for people to to do the reverse of playing small right we want people to play as big as they can when it comes to um, my own experience with this I struggled so much with it as a young actress you know I'm six feet tall and I didn't quite fit in very easily and I wanted so badly to fit in, just like everybody else does, and be easily cast. And so what I did was I started to make myself just a little bit smaller, literally physically smaller, trying to shrink myself. I wore flats. You know, I did everything to try to fool them. But I was still six feet tall and still as energetic and as, how do I put this delicately, I'm, I take up a lot of space, you know. I wasn't, That wasn't going to go away. The greatest thing I ever did for myself was come to that moment where I realized I have to let myself stand in who I am fully without apology. I let myself be six feet tall in all my glory. I went out, bought high heels. I said, what the heck? This is who I am. I'm going to fill up my space. And honestly, that one choice whether I got a role or not, allowed me to go into auditions feeling like I was representing myself, you know, and 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 that the struggle, honestly, because it was years of me struggling with this, that was so huge for me that it's affected my work. It's it's the reason I do my work because I know what it's like. I know what it's like to negate the essence of who you are, and and I know how important it is to embrace it. So that is one of the greatest turning points in my life and so has my willing has been my willingness to continuously listen to what I call the cosmic clues I listen good and I listen deeply to my inner voice if you will what I'm being led to and what I'm being pushed away from and because I've done that because I've over time been more and more willing to listen to myself and follow my guidance. I have been brought to the most wonderful work that I've ever done in my life. I, I, for a long time, I held on really, really, really hard to being an actress as being the only way that I could walk in the world. And because I wasn't easily cast, I was very frustrated. Until I started to open myself up to expressing my voice in other ways, for example, by becoming a singer and songwriter and writing copious songs and and spilling forth with song in the world and expressing my voice, that moving out of stuckness by allowing myself to use my gifts in different ways opened up massively wide worlds for me. Becoming a singer and songwriter and touring the country with it opened me up to taking my music into healing arts environments, which kicked off uh, speaking events and workshops, which kicked off my work as a presence and presentation coach and my work as a writer. I mean, honestly, so, so my willingness to decide that my voice was important and to heed it and to open myself up to using my gifts in every respect has been life altering. Laney,
0: you said so many really important things there. You know, using your gifts, knowing what your gifts are, but standing for who you are and embracing really <laughs> the things that you have. You know, I really resonated with that story uh, when you were talking about being six feet tall. Um, I am. I'm 5'1", maybe, 5'2", <laughs> in a good day. <laughs> um, and I do a lot of work with football teams, um, and I really, really stand out because I am not very tall. Um, but, you know, just like what you were saying, I really have to stand for who I am and um, embrace who I am because those are things that I can't change. Uh, but I could easily be thinking about what I'm not instead of what I oh. am, which that's what I heard in your story. Oh, so beautifully put. Oh, Elena, tell us uh, what's your why and, uh, you know, because we think that keeping that front and center is really, really important. So why do you do what you do?
1: Uh, I think that the why is is everything. And in my work, I call it, you know, the intention, what you're there to do. As an actor, you know, acting is doing. So my acting teacher used to always say, uh, what are you there to do, Eleni? What are you there to do in the moment? What is the task at hand? Knowing the why is the driver, and for me, uh, I, I am driven. I am driven by the great and passionate need to help people actualize. I consider at my core. I use the term soul role. Uh, what is your soul role? What are you here to do at Bedrock? You know, what is the why, if you will? And I consider myself. A, my soul role is as an elevator. I'm here to elevate. I'm here to elevate others in some way, shape, or form, uh, help them rise to the best that they can be. It's why one of my signature programs is called Touch the Sky, and I use the term uh, sky grabber, sky grabber, be a sky grabber. And, I, you know, I have, a, I have a program I call Moving Toward Mastery. It's all, about, it's all about bringing the best in you to the forefront, and I, am, I believe that that's what I'm here to do. That's what drives me. I feel immense satisfaction in watching someone use what they've been given to the fullest.
0: I can tell you've spent a lot of time really reflecting on that and thinking about your life's purpose and why you do what you do. Elevate others. Um, so let's let's talk about a time that maybe wasn't so great, you know, a time that you did fail because I think we can all learn from our failures. And oh. I'm thinking about <laughs> how you can help other people who are maybe struggling with the same some of the things the things we're talking about today. So tell us about a time you failed and what you learned from it.
1: Well, I, I failed spectacularly once, singing the national anthem at Shea Stadium in front of thousands and thousands of people. I I I was so fortunate i was a young actress you know there i am in new york city and um i get asked to sing the national anthem at a mets game and and when i get there i'm standing i'm waiting to get onto the field and and this um and i you know, it's just very exciting you have to imagine this is huge in my life you know and and this ancient grizzled groundskeeper he comes up to me and he says did you know that the singer Robert Goulet, the great Broadway singer, forgot the words to the national anthem. And he says this to me as I am walking out onto the field.
0: Oh, no. Yeah.
1: So you can imagine what happened, right? I, 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 I get to, um, I sing, whose broad stars and bright stripes. And I stand there thinking, holy cow, that is so wrong. And somehow I got through the rest of that song. And you know the thing is, everybody knows the words to the song, so they're all singing it right, and I wasn't. And I I, I left that field just completely devastated. And then it about it just dogged me. It dogged me at every audition I went to. It dogged me at every performance. I thought, is that going to happen again? So I had to spend really the next year wrestling that to the mat and it's really actually it it, when I think about it it's the essence of the work that I do really honestly I had to learn how to help myself be present and breathing and relaxed I had to come up with a little set of tools uh, to help me be present Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know in in, because I had to deal with those kinds of pressurized performances and um, auditions which were very difficult I had to deal with that time and time again, and I couldn't let my little judges get in the way or Absolutely. people like the groundskeeper get in my way, right? Absolutely. So I, I spent pretty much the rest of the year figuring out ways to help myself stay centered, breathing, relaxed, and present.
0: And what kind of things did you do to keep yourself relaxed and present? And uh, cause there's so many times where people can say things to us. And oh. what I heard you talk about is how you you really got in your head instead of just, like, singing from your heart, which, you know, is really what you were, t- were talking about, how you're really at your best is when you just are yourself. Yes. So huh. well, tell us a little bit about what you did. Well,
1: um, there are so many things that I did, but in a nutshell, uh, what I did was I learned – I did. I chose to do a few things that would help me be present. One of them simply was literally tensing and releasing my body – getting rid of any tension in my body with a sounded exhalation. So imagine that if I were lifting up my shoulders to my ears and then I released, I would release with a sigh, like, ah. I mean, just letting go of any place in my body where I was holding tension, which is what athletes do before they get out onto a field, right? Mm -hmm. So I could be in a relaxed and breathing body. The other thing that I did was I I have mantras that I use. I self talk is huge for me, so I, I I literally to this day I use mantras. You know when I was auditioning I, before I walked into an audition I would say this or something better, and I would say it till I meant it. You know, and then when I would leave the audition I would say uh, it's up to the casting gods. So self talk. I'm a huge believer in phraseology that uh, in, in, in sentences, phraseology, expressions, mantras that uplift you and help you remember who you are and what matters. So I became a big advocate of working with affirmations at that time or what I call power phrases. And I also see I went into that audition allowing myself to be fair game. Uh, I let this guy get to me. I let myself be around him. I listened to him. So when I went back, because they, they asked me to go back. they called Twice, me. right? Said, yes. And I said, I'll do it. I'll do it. Because I knew I wanted to go in and get back on the horse. And this time, I prepared that song, a song I knew like the back of my hand. I, I, I rehearsed it more than I ever had. So I felt mm-hmm. very sure of it. That was another thing that I really believe in and knowing something so well that you can't get it wrong. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, and the other thing I did was, frankly, avoid him.
0: (laughs) I love it. I mean, I love
1: it. But avoid the things that, you know, trip you up. You know, I always believe control what you can.
0: Absolutely. So true. So true if for in performance and in sports, but you know, in acting, as you're saying, in, in so many different areas where we're performing, we can't focus on what we can't control or we shouldn't. Um, so, Elena, Eleni, tell us a little bit more about um, your best moment in your career and why it was so awesome. Oh, the best
1: moment in my career. That's so interesting because I've had various careers, you know, if you think about it, right? So, I'll tell you actually and I'm going to I'm going to use my acting career I and mean, right now I could point out a million best moments that I have currently because I love my work so much <laughs> but uh, I'm going to I'm going to talk about myself um, I was cast in a play in Los Angeles called Miss Alliance by George Bernard Shaw and I was I was playing a part I always wanted to play Lena chachapanovska this fantastic aviatrix with she had a a three-page monologue that was just one of the hardest things and one of the most interesting things to grapple with. I worked on that play for months, and, my, and I was well suited for this role of this kind of statuesque uh, every woman. But my, my director was working very hard to get me, <clears throat> excuse me, to get me to really just be in the flow of it. And I worked diligently on just being there not pushing too hard, simply just being there and allowing myself to just resonate with this character and get out of my own way. And I was in this production for probably six weeks, When I finally had that performance. It's not to say that I didn't have all these other wonderful performances, but that night when I did that monologue, I was there. It was effortless, and it just... I showed up in every respect without forcing it, and I made the material sing. I made the material work. And the good news is my director was in the audience that night, and he came up to me and he said, Eleni, you did it. And he and I both knew what that was. And that wasn't some big, splashy thing that, you know, got written up in, you know, some magazine or whatever. That was my own personal moment of triumph. Considering what I've been through in the past, you know, my willingness to show up that fully and to embrace the moment, that was a triumph for me uh, that I I really, and it's something I will never forget. And I had that moment. I had that moment once.
0: (laughs) <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Laney, you know what I heard you talk about is the concept of flow, you know, just yeah. being really present moment focused and being there and being really present, feeling it, not forcing it, but just allowing yourself to enjoy every moment. So that's a great story. And you're right. It, when you know our best moments don't have to be anything that was really glamorous. It's just us knowing that we really gave our best.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Absolutely. So um, tell us about an aha moment that you've had in your your career and uh, how it might help us learn something.
1: Okay. Now I have to take you back to an acting class. Uh, My first professional acting class in New York with Warren Robertson. And I did, I'd done my very first scene for him from a play, um, Desire Under the Elms. And I'm on stage and, you know, and I've just, I think I've, of course, been just so brilliant and um, so excited, and I've got all these eyeballs on me, my classmates, and and Warren is in the back of the room, and he's got a microphone on, so he's like the voice of God. You know, you can't see him, but you can hear him, and he says, "Elaine, how do you think you did? And I said, "Uh, well, Warren, I think it was pretty good. He said, "Elaine, I was disappointed. And then he proceeded to explain that he was disappointed because I was playing an idea of a character and not showing him who I was within it. In fact, he told me that I was, I was doing what he called Saturday morning cartoon faces. Saturday morning cartoon faces. First of all, I was so humiliated. Um, and, and 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 then secondly, he used the worst word in the English language for me: disappointed. Right? Disappointed. But then, when I really let myself hear what he said, I had probably the biggest aha of my life, which was: mm. people want to see you. They want mm. to know you. They mm-hmm. want you to bring who you are to the material. They want you to be present and accounted for and that changed everything and that became my work that became that's what I had to learn uh, as an actor it was excruciating (laughs) but that's how I began to learn it
0: and as a coach who you know you work with people who are working to improve their public speaking or very various areas of their performance how do you help people really show up as them because that that is tough and you know it sounds like you really learned that in your journey as a as an actress but there's so many times where people uh they don't let themselves be seen and they try to be somebody else
1: yes well you know i have a, a really a uh... It's a five-step process, really. I have uh, my, my the work I do is based on five principles. I call them the presence principles, and the first is know thyself, and it's a willingness to really dig in and look at yourself the way an actor looks at themselves in all respects—the good and the bad, the stuff that stops you, the stuff that starts you, including your gifts and your talents—and really wrap yourself around all of it and appreciate what it is that you have and appreciate what it is that you need to strengthen. The second is be thyself, which is what you and I are talking about right now. And it's it's an awareness of how willing you are to be present. Some of this is also just an awareness of, 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 of um, why you tend to not show up and being willing to make some changes around that, right? The third is prepare thyself, which helps you be thyself. You see, when you prepare yourself in the right way, you get out of your own way. The right preparation can still the voices in your mind. The right preparation can help give you a sense of confidence that is unshakable and allow you to be present. And, and, um, and then commit thyself, which is commit thyself to working with a strong intention, a strong and driving purpose. That purpose, and you know this, that purpose can make everything else go away. <laughs> that driving purpose can keep you from derailing. And then uh, part of commit thyself is commit to making bold choices. Be willing and able to make a choice that reflects who you are and is best for the material, right? Mm -hmm. And, And hold to it. And then commit thyself is also commit thyself to genuine connection, heart to heart, eyeball to eyeball with other human beings. And finally, the fifth principle is turn thyself on so you can turn others on. It's knowing what turns you on and, um, you know, what you like to do. So if you're a storyteller, it's bringing the storyteller out in you. It's using that. If you are a visual artist, it's finding maybe some way of taking that aspect of yourself and bringing it into your life, your work, your speaking, so that you feel more integrated if you like to juggle or you're an interpretive dancer or golf is something that you love, bring your golf club onto the stage with you. And, and I'm I'm really not kidding. I use everything you've got and that you've been gifted with. The more you do the things you love, the more you tend to show up.
0: Wow. That's so, so true. Uh, yeah. But,
1: but there's no getting around. There's no being thyself means being willing to have the courage To feel icky, and that is a word I use with my clients, to feel icky in the moment. You have to be willing to feel icky and feel uncomfortable in order to begin to feel a little bit more comfortable. So I always say to my my clients, there's no shortcut. You have to be willing to stand in the flames of the fire and feel them. I say it's about facing it, feeling with it, and dealing with it. That's how awesome. that's how mm-hmm. you become present.
0: Elani, those are really good. Know thyself, self be thyself, prepare thyself, commit thyself and turn thyself on. If any of the listeners wanted to find out more about those five principles, how would they do that?
1: Well, I would want them to immediately go to my website at www.theelanigroup.com and that's T H E dot com. sign up for uh for those five principles they'll get them in a little series and can learn about them that way that's right on my home
0: page that's excellent that's excellent okay well I have a few other questions for you before we close it up okay Eleni which of the top 10 traits of high performers do you exhibit the most
1: well, I'm. I first of all, I just have to say I'm. I'm crazy about your list. I, I looked at it and went, oh, these are fantastic. And
0: awesome, yeah, thank you. I just
1: resonate with all of them. I I resonate with every single one of them. But I have to tell you, for me, um, number five, they control the controllables uh, is huge for me. And this is the actor in me speaking. You know, it's about to me being able to control, particularly preparation, uh, your attitude. And 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 really so that you can let go of the stuff that you can't control. I always say when that curtain goes up, it's Miller time. So you better be willing to control what you can as early as you can and maintain control over that stuff during the performance itself to the best of your abilities. Whatever the performance is, there are only so many things you can control. Why not master them? Uh, And then I have to say. Uh, number seven, which is uh, they are comfortable being uncomfortable. Since that has been my life story, learning to get comfortable being uncomfortable so I could be uh, a better actress, a better performer, a better coach, uh, really, frankly, a better speaker, all of these things, a better, a better wife, a better friend. When I'm willing to be uncomfortable, when I'm willing to stand in my truth, when I'm willing to say, I this makes me angry. Let me talk to you about it. Or, oh, uh, this is this is an awkward thing for me to say, but let me express it anyway. I allow myself to grow and learn in ways that I could never. Uh, So I have to say and 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 so and one more, if you'll allow me three, I think it's number it's number eight. They consciously practice authenticity daily authenticity is everything to me it's everything it has it is at the core of my work but as a human being to me what what are we here to do if not to be authentic and to take the time with one another to be genuine with one another this is the deliciousness of life to have these authentic moments one to the other one person to the next oh my gosh that's, to me, what it's all about, and we have ample time to practice these things day in, day out, day in, day out. The more you practice authentic, authenticity, the more you are authentic. So,
0: Oh, that's beautiful, Elaney. I could feel you right there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which of those traits do you see yourself still working on? Oh,
1: gosh. Uh, they choose empowering emotion is is huge for me. I I'm a very emotional person and um, I I I have large emotion. You can just ask my husband. You know, it's like living with Medea. Uh, I can be, <laughs> and I can get caught up just like anybody else with uh, negative thinking and um, and with big big uh, washes of thought that can pull, uh, excuse me of emotion rather that can pull me someplace. So I have to work to help myself keep my emotions as positive and useful as possible and uh, because it influences my attitude and how other people respond to me as well and and there is one more too uh self compassion uh i am a recovering perfectionist and uh, many of my clients are too you know and uh so i have to really work on letting myself be wonderfully imperfect and not beat myself up for it Uh, as I'm always trying to teach my clients to do
0: (laughs) wonderfully imperfect. I love it. There's, there's a lot of people I know listening who are perfectionists, maybe recovering perfectionists, but I, I agree. That's one of the things I'm really working on myself is, you know, I know I'm not perfect, so just be a little kinder to myself. Oh Um, so true. So, Elaney, we're going to go to the speed round. So what I want you to do is just say the first thing that comes to your mind. So if you could recommend a book, maybe a person to follow, I don't know, something like a podcast, something that you listen to that's kind of like your go-to for those who are listening, um, those high performers, what would you recommend?
1: Any of Brene Brown's materials. I love her. Uh, I would love to sit down and have dinner with her and hang out with her. Uh, but, uh, I guess I think she and I are cut from the same cloth, but I happen to like how accessible she is. And I always recommend that people go to her Ted talk. There's a very, her very first Ted talk, which millions of people have seen, which is about being authentic and, and being willing to have the courage to show up.
0: Absolutely. Which of those, her books do you really like?
1: Oh, um, which is, which I, is, I, 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 am well, I'm currently reading Daring Greatly, which I think is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would recommend that one highly.
0: My favorite is Gifts of Imperfection. Yes. You so. know, I'm yep. on
1: that one. That was the first one I got and I just think it's nothing short of brilliant.
0: Yeah, I completely you agree. With
1: any of her materials.
0: I completely agree. So what's one word that people describe you as, Eleni?
1: <laughs> oh, enthusiastic.
0: <laughs> Love it. What's the best advice that you've ever received? Be yourself
1: at all costs.
0: And do you have a quote that you live by? or anything that you know a phrase that you really talk about a lot and how how might that apply to us
1: it's not about being perfect it's about being human in all respects in life it's not about being perfect it's about being human and that works on and off the stage
0: that's so true wow um, and, you know, a couple questions left I have for you, Lainey. What does play big mean to you? We've talked about that throughout this interview, but what does that really mean? How is that really different than playing small? How do you see people step up their game to play big?
1: Playing big means being willing to share your voice and your needs and your gifts and your vulnerabilities with every fiber of your being,
0: even if you feel uncomfortable. Awesome. (laughs) And what advice, final question, what advice do you have for those high performers who are listening? Keep learning
1: and growing and understand that it is life work. Mastery, which I talk about obsessively, mastery comes from continuous development over time. So keep looking for the areas that need development and embrace the work embrace the work that needs to be done to get better and better and better so you can touch the sky
0: Elaine, you just nailed this interview out of the park (laughs) here is a few (laughs) things that i got from you um the importance of standing for who you are and being authentic showing up as yourself being intentional uh working to play big and I loved your five core principles. I'm going to say them again. And then I'd love for you to tell us where we can learn more information. So know thyself, be thyself, prepare thyself, commit thyself, and turn thyself on. So tell us again how we can learn more about these five principles. Anything else that you'd like to offer um, the, the listeners? And tell us you know, how, how we should follow you.
1: Well, I, I really want all of you to please come visit my website, which is www. theelenigrou dot com. T H E E L E N I G R O U P. dot com, and sign up for these five principles. There's a little box right there on my homepage, and you'll get you'll get these principles one at a time for you to ingest. But I also want to encourage you deeply to go, please go search around. I have products on my site that can help you with all kinds of things. Oh my gosh, I've got a new book, I have a workbook, and I have all kinds of tools that are there to, to, to help support you. Uh, and by all means, please visit my my Facebook page and like me. I'm constantly trying to feed anyone out there who's following me uh, information and, and um, all kinds of of um useful tools for you. Uh, there is hidden on my website and you'll have to go searching for it, but it's 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 hidden and, and and it's really on the page that is about being a sky grabber. Go look for it. If you sign up there you will get if you sign up there you will get a 30 day uh, my my journal, my 30 day musings uh, 30 Days and 30 Ways to Touch the Sky journal with musings, 30 musings. You'll get it in digital form uh, for absolutely nothing. It's a little gift for those who like to explore websites. So please find that as well. And and again, go to the Eleni group on Facebook and find me on Twitter, uh, Eleni Kalakos. And, uh, and please, please reach out to me because I love, I love, um, I love connecting with people on every level.
0: <laughs> Elaney, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, for those listeners who want to check it out, go to theelaneygroup.com. And thank you so much for being here, Elaney. Make it an awesome day. Thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. Thank you for listening to High Performance Mindset. Are you signed up for Sindra's weekly email with free mental tools and strategies for high performance? Why the heck not? Text Mentally Strong, all one word, to 22828 or visit sindrakampoff.com.